Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, back-to-school tips, a preview of the great Minnesota get-together, and Twins pitcher Jake Odorizzi. But first, troubles at the State Human Services Department, the gun violence debate, and the push for an emergency insulin assistance program all swirled together in the legislative soup at the state capitol this week. And MNN's Bill Werner joins us to try to strain out the individual components of what's become a volatile political mix. Scott, I think what we learned way back in physics class all those years ago is that when you put the sugar and cream into your coffee, it's very difficult, at least for mere mortals, to separate them out again. And that's how things have become at the Capitol when it comes to guns, insulin, and the State Human Services Department. Governor Tim Walls grabbed the initiative at the start of the week, naming Jody Harpstead, CEO of Lutheran Social Service of Minnesota, as the new Human Services Commissioner. Harpstead says from working with them at Lutheran Social Services, she knows State Human Services Department employees are dedicated, caring, and competent. They now deserve a chance to rebuild their team and get back to their good work of effectively supporting their neighbors. As Republicans prepared to hold hearings on problems in the state human services department. The governor asked, what about also working on an emergency insulin program and legislation to reduce gun violence? Walls said he applauds Republicans for having hearings on the human services department. But I got to tell you, they are going to hear an earful, not just from me, but from Minnesotans. No time for insulin. No time for guns. Can't, can't figure that one out to get just a little bit of time. How about you stay tomorrow evening? Senate Republican leaders responded on guns. They're willing to talk about mental health issues, but not about expanding background checks for gun purchases. On insulin, they say the recent announcement by Medica indicates price increases may be easing. The governor responded he applauds Medica for its plan to reduce insulin prices, but voiced concerns about being left out of the loop. If these legislators are talking to pharma and talking to... The insurance companies, that's a good thing, but we should know what they're working on, how we're getting this. In that context, Senate Republicans began their long-awaited public hearings on problems in the state human services department. They asked about top management resignations, fraud and dereliction of duty, and overpayments to Native American tribes, but did not get nearly as much information as they wanted in what turned out to be a -a three-and-a-half-hour-long hearing. Human Services employee Faye Bernstein told lawmakers she was verbally reprimanded and sidelined after pointing out serious problems with contracts. Comments like, you're too focused on compliance. And I had never heard anyone say anyone, myself or any employee, is too focused on compliance. It's sort of a constant thing we have to think about. Acting Human Services Commissioner Pam Wheelock praised Bernstein for stepping forward. It's almost a success story in some ways about being able to elevate those concerns and they are brought to my attention. But Republican Senator Andrew Matthews from Malacca took issue with that statement. I don't believe that an employee who gets a phone call and informed of repercussions that may come for testifying should be a success story in anyone's book. And then probably the most visible issue. Why did it take possibly several months to begin an investigation into how Inspector General Carolyn Ham responded to allegations of fraud in the Child Care Assistance Program? Republican Senator Michelle Benson said to Acting Human Services Commissioner Pam Wheelock, There's a dispute as to when that investigation started. Can you tell me the day the investigation started? There was an internal investigation that resulted in 
the office, the inspector general being placed on leave. And there was also the uh, investigations or the audits that were conducted by the Office of the Legislative Auditors. Subsequent to that, there was a desire to better resolve the status of that um, employee's position. And so there was a, a intention to move forward with an external uh, investigation. People want to know why this took so long. Yeah. why somebody was getting paid when they weren't actually doing their job. I can see we're not going to get a lot of clarity on that. Can you tell me when do you expect that her review will be completed? My hope would be that would be sooner rather than later, and I, I have reason to believe it would be. And then there's the question of the Human Services Department overpaying Native American tribes $25 million for substance abuse treatment programs under Medicaid, money that the federal government wants back. What happened is the state reimbursed the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe and the White Earth Nation for in-person visits with providers when patients were actually taking medications at home. The cost difference, $455 a day for a clinic visit versus $61 at home. Farron Jackson, chair of the Leech Lake Band, told lawmakers, There was no consultation with us. There was no respect for our sovereign status. There was no dialogue as co-equal governments. Republican Senator Benson asked Acting Human Services Commissioner Wheelock. So it is your intention to request money from the legislature for the overpayments if you don't recover it from the tribes? Madam Chair, that is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we need to learn more about what the facts of this are. Benson advised human services officials to find the money in their budget, contending program cuts should not be necessary. If they can just have 173 unfilled positions and just squirrel that money away somewhere, I think they need to look at that before they come to us and ask for money. Benson added, unless Native American tribes did something wrong, the state should not go after them for the money. Well, the day after the Republicans' hearing, calls for an emergency insulin assistance program went back on the front burner at the state capitol as a group of lawmakers asked families who have lost loved ones to again tell their stories. Nicole Smith-Holt argues drug companies' patient assistance programs are not adequate sometimes four to six weeks to get approved for these programs. And as you heard, Alec died in 24 hours. Republican Senator Benson said every insulin assistance proposal she's seen would build a massive program at the embattled State Human Services Department. They want any new programs, they're going to have to have their house in order. And it's not just one, it's any. It's very difficult to take Senator Benson seriously when she has offered excuse after excuse after excuse in terms of why the Senate Republicans won't take action on the Alex Smith Emergency Insulin Act. Democratic Representative Michael Howard from Richfield. Republican Senator Jim Abler from Anoka called out what's causing the stalemate. I would be happy to have Pharma pay. It is a solution that does not work. It will be sued and tied up forever. And nobody will get anything done, and people will die. Abler contends top legislative leaders and the governor must broker a compromise. Scott? Thank you for that report, Bill. Minnesota Matters will return after this. We asked kids what it took to be a dad. This is what they had to say. A father is always present. I mean, what, father, what real father figure can you have if they're not there? In order to be a good dad, you need to love, love your son. You need to put gas in your car so you don't break down in the middle of nowhere. And you need to make them breakfast. Yep. 
I mean just to maybe um, play like a board game with me or to just stay home and play um, some video games with me. Just to do like that one little thing is what I really look forward to. I'm not asking him to be a perfect dad, but he should try. He's just a constant force in my life. There's no other type of love like a dad's love because it's not comparable to anything else. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The countdown to the 2019-20 school year is here, and MNN's Tasha Radel has a few reminders. That's right, Scott. It's hard to believe summer break is nearly over, and before we know it, thousands of Minnesota kids will be headed back to the classroom. But before that happens, state officials have a couple of reminders. Joining me first is Jennifer Heath with the State Health Department to talk about back-to-school vaccinations. Yes. Students who are vaccinated, according to the recommended CDC schedule, are really set up for success in school. They're going to be healthier and they're ready to participate um, and be in school when they're fully vaccinated. And then getting your kids vaccinated also benefits the school and community because it helps prevent outbreaks. Are there any particular age groups that uh, parents should really, I guess, maybe double check to make sure that their kids are updated with their vaccines? Yeah, actually, um, certain immunizations are required for child care and K through 12. Um, so really, kids of any age, it's a good idea to check your records, make sure they're up to date. But here in Minnesota, um, children going into kindergarten, 7th grade, and now 12th grade, those are the ages where we would expect to see the child have additional vaccines to enter into school. Are children required to be vaccinated before going back to school here in Minnesota? Is that is that a law? So we have an immunization law in Minnesota. Our immunization law allows medical and non-medical exemptions. And schools will often require for the child to have one of three things before they can come back. They either need to have record that they've been vaccinated or they need to have a medical or non-medical exemption before they can begin school. And Jennifer, what if you don't know uh, what vaccinations your child needs? Um, Well, parents don't need to figure out what their child um, needs to get up to date on all on their own. We recommend that they go into their health care provider and get the recommended vaccines for their child. The other thing that could be helpful for parents is that schools often send home reminder letters and letting kids know what they need to have before they can start school in the fall. So parents should definitely watch for that. They can always call the school or the school nurse if they're not um, sure. The other thing um, that's important for parents to know about is that um, for entry into 12th grade, we are now asking schools to check to see if kids have had the meningococcal booster dose. And so um, we haven't asked schools to look for that before, so that's a new thing. The meningococcal booster dose is a recommended vaccine at age 16. So if parents are following the schedule and getting their kids up to date at age 16, they're going to be totally ready for school. But for parents that might have missed that that dose or for whatever reason, they might be getting a reminder from their school to get their child up to date before they enter the 12th grade. And, and then, you know, I was also going to ask you, is the HPV vaccine required or is that just a, a strong recommendation? 
the HPV vaccination is recommended by the CDC, and um, it's not required for entry into school. However, I like to put it this way. It is required if you want your child to be fully protected against infectious diseases. Um, and so it, you, the school's not going to ask for a record of the HPV vaccination, but we do recommend it at the health department. Well, lots of great information today. Uh, Jen, was there anything else uh, that you wanted to add? Um, I think just a good reminder to get your flu vaccine. Sometimes they're not readily available when school starts, but we want to make sure parents go ahead and get their kids back in later in the fall um, so that they get up to date with flu vaccines. Before we tackle our next topic, I want to thank Jennifer Heath with the State Health Department. Joining me next is State Revenue Commissioner Cynthia Bowerly, who is reminding Minnesota families to save those back-to-school shopping receipts. In Minnesota, we have a great program called the K-12 Education Credit and Subtraction. And basically what this means is those parents are uh, buying those back-to-school supplies. And for me, it was it's always one of my favorite times of year. I get excited when I see the school supplies and buy a few extras for myself. But if you're buying them for your student who's in K-12, through um, whether it's pens, pencils, notebooks, or maybe even computer, uh, a computer or educational software, save those receipts and they can help reduce your tax bill at tax time. I guess, is it kind of income-based or how does that work, Commissioner? Well, there are two programs, really. One is called the Education Credit, and that one does have income limits, and basically the credit reduces the amount of the tax that you would owe. And that depends on the number of children that you have, but basically for a family with three kids, the income limit is about $40,000. But all parents in Minnesota would apply, could apply for the subtraction. And what that means is it re- basically reduces the uh, income on which you would pay tax, and there's no income limit on that. Uh, so we really encourage people to take a look at this, save those school supply receipts. And what we want people to know is that last year, over 200,000 Minnesota families took advantage of these benefits, and they saved an average of $240 uh, in their taxes. Thanks again to both of my guests, Jennifer Heath with the State Health Department and our State Revenue Commissioner, Cynthia Bowerly. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. Believe it or not, the great Minnesota get-together is now less than a week away. I spoke with State Fair spokeswoman Danielle Dullinger for a preview. Well, I can tell you that the fairgrounds are absolutely crazy right now. We have delivery trucks and people setting up their booths and um, operations crews making sure that the grass is, you know, well-kept and our gardens are in tip-top shape. So everything is just super, super abuzz on the fairgrounds, but we're, we're absolutely thrilled that um, in just over a week we'll get to welcome hopefully 2 million guests to our fairgrounds. Danielle, in terms of new attractions for this year, what will folks see when they uh, cross through the gates this year that maybe they haven't seen in the past? The biggest 
new attraction that we have this year is the North End Event Center. We've been redeveloping that North End for the past couple of years, and we're really culminating with this brand new building. So it's a $16 million expansion, and it will host annually changing museum quality exhibits. So this year, we're thrilled to bring Angry Birds Universe, the exhibition, and it will be free, completely free, with state fair admissions. Obviously, one of the top attractions each year at the fair is food as a general category, and people have their traditions, but every year there's new foods. Are there one or two new things this year that, uh, when I ask about food, are the first to come to your mind that, uh, that you're interested in seeing how people react to this year? Yeah, absolutely. So on that theme of the North End, um, I'm thrilled about the grilled soda sandwich. It's from a brand new vendor called Brim. As I mentioned, they'll be up on the North End. And what it is, it's a cinnamon nut butter and Minnesota blueberry marmalade served warm on Irish soda bread. And what's cool is it's gluten-free and dairy-free. So we're thrilled this year to be able to bring you know, not only sweet items or savory items, but we have main dishes and we have desserts, we have appetizers, but we also have a lot for dietary restrictions. So we have some vegan items, we have some gluten-free items. So truly, we believe this year of our 31 new foods, there's something for everyone. And when it comes to things like crowning uh, Princess K of the Milky Way and things like that, when do those events start taking place? Sure. So actually, Princess K of the Milky Way will get crowned the evening before the fair even begins. So she will be crowned August 21st at 8 p.m. But with everything else going on at the fair, we have thousands and thousands of things to do at the fair. Literally, if you go onto our website, mnstatefair.org, and check out our online interactive daily schedule, there's 4,405 events that are listed. So we'd love for you to visit our website or download our Minnesota State Fair app so that you can check out all of the free events that are happening with your fair admission. In terms of discounted ticketing, I know that there have been discount tickets available before the fair starts. Is that still true for this week as we lead up to the start of the fair? Absolutely. So we are still offering $12 admission, which is up to $3 in savings. And you can purchase those tickets up until the day before the fair. So pre-fair discount admission tickets are on sale through August 21st. You can do that online. But just make sure that you purchase your tickets before 9 p.m. on August 21st. You can also do it at the State Fair Ticket Office if you happen to be in the area. They're also at Cub locations in the metro and then many locations in greater Minnesota and Hudson, Wisconsin. So if you want to see a list of everywhere you can purchase those tickets, you can certainly visit mnstatefair.org to find the closest location to you. You know, we've talked about fair traditions in terms of food and uh, attractions as well. Are there any attractions this year that are celebrating anniversaries that are special to the State Fair? So everyone knows about the giant slide. I'm assuming it's been a tradition for me growing up. That was something I always did with my parents. And it is celebrating 50 years at the State Fair this year. So what's really cool is they'll be selling some merch that you can get only at the fair this year. So that's definitely just a massive tradition for so many people. And um, in celebration of 50 years, why not take a ride down the slide? Okay, Danielle, this is the big question for me. I know every year there are hundreds of fair fun facts that come out. uh, We get a media guide with information about different facts of the fair. What is the most interesting to you? Oh, boy, that is a tough question. But the one that comes to the top of my mind is that it would take a cow 
eight to nine years, just one cow, eight to nine years, to produce all the milk that is served at the all-you-can-drink milk booth. I'm curious, who's in charge of figuring these things out? It's a lot of math. It's a lot of math. So we work with our competition department to find the average of how much milk a cow produces. We work with uh, the Midwest Dairy Association who runs the all-you-can-drink milk booth to get their facts and how much milk they serve. And it's just calculating that out. So what we came up with was eight to nine years. Fantastic, Danielle. Anything else you want uh, fairgoers to know prior to the start of the fair on August 22nd? I think just plan. Make sure you plan your visit before you come. The fair can seem like a lot, but it's actually really digestible. So just visit our state fair website, mnstatefair.org, or download our website to really plan your visit when it comes to food, shopping, or things to do, how to get tickets, how to get here. It's your one-stop shop. Thank you to my guest, State Fair spokeswoman Danielle Dullinger. Fair runs August 22nd through September 2nd. Minnesota Matters returns after this. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The Minnesota Twins have been a bright spot this summer for sports fans in the upper Midwest. One of the fun storylines is the emergence of Jake Odorizzi, who made his first All-Star Game appearance this summer. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm sat down for a chat with the right-handed pitcher. We're talking baseball here. Uh, as we tape this interview, we're in the Minnesota Twins clubhouse at Target Field. Jake Odorizzi, the pride of Highland, Illinois, with us. Uh, how much fun you having this year with with what personally you've been able to accomplish and what this team now is accomplishing? Yeah, it's it's been an enjoyable season from you know a multitude of fronts. Um, you know, the success the team is having, I think, is what's most important, and to be able to contribute to that is. Um, what we're all here to do in our own special way um as a starting pitcher you know you only get 32 33 times to to go out and and do what you can do to help improve the team so each start's really important and uh you know i try to focus on a start to start basis this year instead of the the grand picture where you can kind of get lost in a a multitude of things but this team's a, a heck of a lot of fun to watch and i get a front row seat to the show four days out of five when i'm not playing so it's been exciting and uh i think there's some special stuff to come still you mentioned that front row seat. This team's on pace to set the all-time record for home runs. They're only a few away from the franchise record. We're, we're still in early August, so to speak. Um, when you watch in the dugout, like what Nelson Cruz has done the last two weeks is amazing, but there's been some amazing stories all through when you look up and down this batting order. I think 11 guys have at least 10 home runs. 
yeah, I mean, if, if Buck gets back healthy, I think he'll get up to 20, and I think that could probably bring everybody in our lineup up to 20. Um, like I said, the, the power numbers are, are just outrageous as a as a team. Um, you know, Garver's got 20, 21 now. I think he he's lead off, and he's been splitting time with Castro. So like, his home run to at bat ratio is like historic when it comes to power hitters, let alone a catcher. Um, Nelson could be the hottest hit I think I've ever seen in a two-week time span of just seems like when he's making contact it's a home run or it's a it's a ball that's over 100 off his bat um, Kepler obviously having a career year. I think I could speak about everybody in our lineup but you know those three guys are the ones that stand out to everybody and for good reason but uh, we have a lot of guys on this team that are really contributing at a high level um, and it's just something that a credit to them for putting in the work and wanting to improve on years past of, you know, maybe they weren't happy with how they ended up last year or whatever it may be. But, you know, the credit goes to all of them and our coaching staff of getting, you know, getting the best out of our guys. You mentioned one of the things for you that kind of helped trigger this kind of a season was concentrating start to start compartmentalizing maybe but what else has helped I mean you've always kind of been on that cusp of hey I'm going to be an all-star um, you accomplished that this year what what other things have gone into that breakthrough is probably not the right word because you've been a solid pitcher for years but but to, to, to have that next step yeah I think that's the key the next step um, you know I'm still in my 20s which you know some people probably think that that's not, not true if like, you know maybe been around long enough that seem like an older type person but there's still plenty of room to improve on and I, I stress that to a lot of our guys in on the team younger guys even you know like you know the game is changing so much to a younger frame of mind whatever it may be there's there's a lot of good that can still come when you're in your late 20s early 30s mid 30s I think there's guys that are showcasing that now and it's important to keep working and try to improve on things because you know if you're not trying to improve then what are you come complacent with being average or whatever it may be you see the best guys in the game scherzers verlanders they continue to tweak and improve things from year to year because they want to continue to be great and they want to continue to be better than what they are and i just took that approach with me this this offseason was to be a little more focused on the start to start aspect instead of a grand season i mean it's six months is a long season there's going to be ups there's going to be downs there's a lot of ups early in the year and then i went through a down patch in july but it was easier for me to kind of get past that this year as opposed to in previous years where I may have focused too much on that and let it snowball but I from us from an arm standpoint from a stuff standpoint it, my stuff hasn't really wavered this year which has been good it's just there's been points of maybe missed execution um, balls are going to fall in it's baseball you're not going to be perfect from from start to finish but from a, a body feeling wise I felt pretty darn good this entire year and some of it you chalk it up to baseball some of it is me I can improve on things and I, I realize that it's not like it's oh I'm, I'm upset because I'm getting you know, gave up some runs whatever it may be just take what you can from it learn move on and you know back to throwing the ball well again and that's what it all comes down to from a strategy standpoint are you are you getting more effectiveness on the high fastball this year maybe than you have in the previous years I think it just boils down to locating it really you know you have to be in the strike zone and, and you know maybe my lulls in July was I was trying to be a little too fine instead of being you know in the zone more and I was you know the early success I thought I could just continue to replicate it and there's going to be times where your control's off and if I'm not executing the you know the top the bottom wherever I'm trying to execute my pitches it doesn't become as you know as alluring to a hitter you know they don't have to rec- uh, respect it as much so um, 
from my aspect, it's just the focus on each pitch. Because I think I was just a little bit too high in July, and now getting back to it, working on some drills to get back to where I was at the first three months of the year. It's just little things like that, but not taking you know a month of not great results and letting it affect you is the main thing. But um, it all comes down to execution. You know, if you if you want to execute high, great. If you want to execute low or a breaking ball, you have to have the focus on that pitch. That's Twins pitcher Jake Odorizzi and MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.